I'm Robin. And I'm Melody. And today we're going to talk about child actors and how we see a lot of child actors ending up in not so great situations or, you know, having issues with drugs or alcohol or, you, you know, relationships, you name it. And a lot of us, at least um, my generation and the earlier generations, I think have approached that with a wow, look how messed up they are, or like a, wow, they're really, like, (laughs) like, I don't know, people just talking negatively about those people, and, and not even considering that there could be things about the industry that impacted that. So this was inspired by a lot of different things. So I watched, I love like pop culture stuff um so i watched the michael jackson documentary the britney spears documentary paris hilton had a documentary um and all of those really has a sort of underlying theme as far as things that we go through in our you know adverse childhood um experiences affect us and especially when We're in an industry where people see children and teenagers only for, you know, a product that they can produce and how that really messes up, you know, people's lives, how it really, really affects people. Before we go any further, I can speak from the perspective of like those people I just mentioned after watching their documentary and like growing up with Paris Hilton and Britney Spears and Mary-Kate and Ashley, Amanda Bynes, all of these, um, you know, sad stories, but people just tend to blame that person and the issues like, wow, they're really messed up. Wow, they have all these issues. Who are some people from your generation or that you know of who have had like a, I don't know, um, controversial (laughs) adulthood? Um, I would say... Some people to mention would be a lot of TikTokers nowadays. Just in general, there's so many I could name right now. Well, okay, let's pause. So what? TikTok, and I don't know this. I don't know. Okay, but what I'm thinking with TikTok is like someone, no one's forcing you to be a TikTok star, right? Like maybe you're not ready for it. Maybe you put content out there, you're not ready, you're young, whatever, and it kind of gets to your head. That's mm-hmm. totally possible. But kind of what I'm thinking is like with child actors and child singers and things like that, where they're from a young age, they're not able to say, I want this. They're kind of thrown into it by their parents who say, oh, we want this for you. And maybe the kid says they want it too, but they don't fully know what they're getting into. And this is a full-time job for young, young, young kids. Um, so I, that's kind of more what I thought about. But I guess you could tell me about the TikTokers. Well, I'll do both. So, yeah, there's a lot of TikTokers that they didn't think they were going to get famous or they lived in a small town and now they're in L.A. or something. And if you're not in L.A., that's good for you because everyone usually moves there when they get famous and have all, like, this clout and everything. Um, But if we're talking about, like, actual actors and everything I feel like a lot of people that were in my like older Nickelodeon and those kind of like Disney Channel um stuff like that 
like Cameron Boyce was one of them. He was very young and he was in Jesse, if anyone remembers that show. What happened to him though? Uh I don't remember exactly how it happened, but he died in I think it was twenty nineteen or something. But um yeah, he and his co stars and everything they all were very young because in that show it was like a family and they were the kids and then they're like growing up now and are still obviously famous but not as much as they were before and so like Robin said they can kind of get carried away in that industry and you start getting into trouble or I don't know realizing you might get away with things that you shouldn't and then that's like how the documentaries come about and everything on the story they're telling but i can't remember any other specific actors or actresses that are like younger that i can think about it's mainly just like in general those people i guess like miley cyrus too but yeah miley cyrus is a good one demi lovato she's my age miley cyrus is my age too but maybe like selena gomez but she came out better i think she she has turned her life around it seems um but you know just like the language we use around that of like get them getting into trouble or like the industry um messing with or no no what did you say something about like they uh it gets i don't know something something that made me think like it wasn't necessarily them. Like, it's their environment. It's peer pressure. Well, I don't I don't know if it's peer. Right? Uh, well, I wouldn't say peer because that's... Okay. Peer... Okay. When we hear about people who get famous really young, Britney Spears, Michael Jackson, Amanda Bynes, um, Mary Kay Nashley, there are a lot of others, Christina Aguilera. Um, those are all, like, people from my era yeah. moly um but anyway <laughs> so uh and you think about their the amount of pressure that is put on them the amount of um work that they do they're doing full 40 hour plus weeks for sure as children and they're not able to play you know they're not able to be kids and grow up normally as kids and then once they become adults, we're, we say, oh, wow, what happened to them? And it's like, well, the industry mess, messed up with their normal development. Another thing is they're hanging out with people who are older than them, like adults. They're not hanging out with children as much as most children do. So they're being influenced by adults who are treating them like adults when they're children. It's just really sad. I think those documentaries really highlight a lot of the issues and it brought a lot of, inf- I don't know about information, but um, empathy from me for those children and how we don't think of it that way. And of course, you know, the industry doesn't want us to think of it in that way. They don't want to think that they, they don't want us to think that they played any part in this, but absolutely they did. And, you know, one thing that comes to mind, I was a huge Mary Kate Nashley fan as a kid and they um, didn't want to be on Fuller House. And that first episode of Fuller House, they talked about Michelle, who was um, the character that Mary Kate and Ashley played. And they all were like, you know, ragging on them like, oh, I can't believe they wouldn't want to 
be on the show, you know. Well, okay, that was in the interviews they said that, but then in the show they all were like, remember they did like that. Yeah, face? they all looked at the screen. Yes, and like paused for a moment. Yeah, but like be... good for them because no. wait, good for who? Good for the Olsen twins. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, they were forced into this. They literally had no choice. They were babies. They They also have, like, other lives now because they do fashion. I don't know if they still do it, but they were doing, like, their own fashion uh, line. Yeah, Yeah, they're designers. But I just feel like, why would people, anyone, like, drag on someone who that was something they did as a baby, and, like, that was not a choice that they made. So if they, as adults, decide, I never wanted to be in Full House, I'm not going to be in Fuller House, or I never wanted to be an actor or whatever, why why would we rag on that? Like, think about mm-hmm. what you liked to do as a child and what you do now, and why would anyone judge you for not wanting to do it? And I just, that always rubbed me the wrong way. Um, yeah. But, uh, That's why I called it, quote-unquote peer pressure which even though it's not like their age group it's like all those people like I guess well they might have not agreed but that they all decided to like look at the camera in that moment you know Mm -hmm. like I don't know if they had any part in that but it's like that's what I meant by peer pressure yes it's like they literally showed it in the show yeah, it's just when I think of peers, I think of people their own age and a lot yeah. of these child actors, child musicians, whatever, what have you, they're not hanging out with people their it's own It's like age. older influence. Right. So it's, yeah, adult influence. So Allison Stoner, who was a Disney Channel star, um, mm-hmm. she was on, I think, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, right? And, and a couple mm-hmm. other shows. Yes. And she never really... Um, she was usually like a supporting actor. I don't think she starred in anything, but she started off. She was a dancer, I believe, for Beyonce. Um, really, like very early on. I think she was like five years old. So I, she resurfaced in my life via TikTok. So she did. She has a you know pretty prominent TikTok where she talks about the issues with the industry, and um, hearing it from her perspective, it you know it's just so interesting because these documentaries we're not hearing directly from the people who were affected we're hearing about it from people who were in their life or um you know people who studied this or whatever but to hear it from her perspective and she has an agency which i should look up what it's called where she talks about um you know these issues and and how we can move towards progress with these child actors so let me find it. Okay, it's called. Uh, oh, I don't know. Mind. Hmm. Okay, I'll have to find it. Really quick. Um. So I decided to look up child labor laws for California, which is where most people are working when they're in Hollywood, obviously. So this says minors. 14 to 15 years old of age, sorry, years of age, (laughs) may work up to three hours on a school day, eight hours on a non-school day, and 18 hours in a week between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. when school is in session until 9 p.m. from June 1st through Labor Day, which would be summertime, um, 
and as many as 40 hours per week when school is out, okay? Mm-hmm. However, uh, there is a clause, and this is coming from uh, dole.gov, departmentoflabor.gov. <laughs> Minors under the age of 16 working as theatrical or film actors are exempt from child labor laws, except that they must have work permits. No restrictions at age 16 and 17. So first of all, if you're a child working in any sort of theater uh, background, whatever, no child labor laws apply to you at all. They can work you as much as they want. And second of all, when you turn 16, you're considered an adult. That's upsetting. Yes. That's... How does that not apply to actors and actresses 16 and below i guess you'd say because there's the way i view it is there's so much money and people love seeing kid actors and kids kid talents like oh my gosh they're so talented they're so young there's just like this like i don't know it's put on a pedestal and, and it is it's amazing the talent some of these children have but then they you know, it's all about the money. You got to think it's all everything in life. Pretty much. It's just all about the money, but it's just, it's not fair to those kids. Um, Mm -hmm. Wait, Missy Elliott. Okay. Allison Stoner danced for Missy Elliott. Oh, okay. He may have danced for Beyonce at one point too, but um, anyway, yeah, let's, I'm going to look for Allison Stoner's, um, what's it called? Organization. What are your initial thoughts? Well, I was going to actually mention some other people that I guess resurfaced on TikTok again, like after being an actor, actress. Um, Because from Victorious, uh, which was on, I think it was Disney Channel. um, So one of the people in there, his name was Beck, and he's on TikTok. And he gets all, like, comments about him being from Victorious and everything. And, I mean, it wasn't bad for him. But um, he actually is said to be, like, more of an influence for black people. Because normally in, like, shows you would see, it was a lot of white people. So that's his, like, main purpose that he serves. He, like, tries to make it equal for everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. And then for another person on TikTok is China Ann McLean. Yeah, I think that's her full name. Um, but she was on, oh, what was it called? Ant Farm? Do you remember that show? I don't know. Uh, do. I do, I do. I can't think of anyone in it, but yeah. Yeah, she was probably on other shows too. But Ant Farm, when she was a little younger, and she just does funny videos, but, like, it's cool to see her, like, still kind of showing herself. And she does the same thing where some of her posts are more, like, influential and not just funny all the time. But I don't know if she had, like, any stories after acting a lot or if she still is trying to act. I'm... I'm not sure about that. And then the last one I thought of on TikTok was the girl from Game Plan. 
uh what is her name she's like the little girl that was the daughter and she is like the curly hair like light brown hair do you know what i'm talking about no oh i don't know her name let me look it up see if i can find anything because she literally was about I'd say seven or eight when she acted. So very young. Yeah. Game plan cast. <laughs> oh, Madison Pettis. No. I think it's how I say her last name. But she um, gets like comments and stuff all the time about, oh, you were in game plan and blah, blah, blah. So, she got recognized, you know, but obviously now she's older and doesn't really associate with, you know, that movie, but it was all about, like, football and stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you find the, um, what was it called? The association? No, it was, like, some campaign that I thought she was saying she started, but I did find she... She did this video, which I watched the whole video. It's not long, um, mm-hmm. but she called it the Toddler to Trainwreck Industrial Complex. And oh. she just goes through, like, her experience and, um, you know, how how it affected her and, and the issues that she sees and how she wants to make change. And I believe in that video, she talks about that campaign. But... Um, and she, I don't know how old she is. She's in her 20s. So, and she talks in the video about how she took a break when she was, I believe, like 17 or 18. She actually checked herself into a rehab facility. And I don't believe it was for drugs or alcohol. I think it was just, you know, a mental health, um, you know, issue. I don't know if I want to say issue. Whatever. For mental health reasons. And, um, and she's so glad that she did that before she ended up being one of these statistics and, um, you know, just talking about how she was one of the ones that managed to have a fairly not, um, uh, I don't know, tumultuous, (laughs) an (laughs) untumultuous, I don't think that's a word life um as a child actor but you know a lot of people do and how we can first of all notice the reason and second of all move towards change for the next round of child actors Mm -hmm. so something else that we should talk about as it's timely is britney spears so she has been under a conservatorship which I can try to explain. I've I've done a lot of research on it, but it's kind of hard to put it into words, I think. But um, basically, her dad is in control of everything that she does, her money, her time, her commitments, um, you know, what she can and can't do. And so he still is. Yes, he still is. I believe he's been that uh, his her conservator for 13 years. That number, I feel like I just read that in, the, in an article. So um, people have been t- talking about hashtag free Britney, the free Britney movement for a long time. People who think that she should not be under the conservatorship 
people that talk about her 2008 meltdown, which, Melly, do you know anything about that? No. Yeah, you were young. You were six years I old. I was six, yeah. So, um, in 2008, and there are lots of memes about this, and people make fun of it, and it was supposed to be like this, like, but really, it's actually so sad. And if you watch her documentary, um, it just brings 2008 to a new light. Um, she... There were a lot of things going on in her life, and I don't think anyone would have handled it well. She was in a, I don't know if it was abusive, but definitely not a good, rela- I think it was abusive, actually, um, relationship. She, uh, the press just was around her all the time. She couldn't go anywhere without people following her, and she shaved her head. So there's this video of her shaving her head in 2008, and that was like the start of her quote-unquote mental breakdown. And she, you know, then there were all these rumors about how she, you know, had these different mental illnesses or drug problems or whatever. And watching the documentary just gives you a different perspective as to why she might have gone down that path, why this is happening to her. And especially with the conservatorship coming to light, she just hasn't been controlled and manipulated and been under the spotlight for her whole life and has not really had a say in what she does. And, and, you know, as we know, reading that the child labor laws are pretty much non-existent in Hollywood. She was overworked. She didn't have a normal childhood. She was taken advantage of. She, I mean, thing after thing after thing. Um, She's been in this conservatorship yesterday, which when we publish this, it will be a week later, I guess. She spoke out for the first time against the conservatorship. We have not heard from Brittany in a long, long time. We hear about her from other people, but she spoke out and was saying that this is abusive. She does not want to be under her dad's control. And there, there have been a lot of, um, I mean, the the whole story, like I said, is on the documentary, but her dad was out of her life for a long time. Then all of a sudden he comes back in and, you know, gets this conservatorship. And although he hasn't been in her life for so long and, you know, she estranged from him. And then all of a sudden he's like under she's under his complete control and just seems like a very messed up situation. So the reason that she has a conservator is because she was deemed mentally unstable to essentially care for herself and do, you know, handle her finances and things like this. So it's difficult, apparently, to get out of a conservatorship when you're deemed mentally unstable. Like, you have to go undergo a mental um, exam, whatever. So, you know, but just to think about, all these things that have happened to her and she reacted to them in a way that probably most of us would have reacted. We can't handle as much stress and pressure and um, uh, what's the word Um, control and manipulation and whatever as, as she has undertaken and being the spotlight of so many people's lives. And I mean, just what that would do to you mentally. And um, Derek and I were having a conversation with someone about, like Michael Jackson and how he people would faint like women would faint when they met him and really yeah because they're like so overwhelmed by meeting him whatever and just Mm -hmm. like what does that do to you well yeah but it's like what does that do to you as a person 
And it, it, you know, I think, okay, I also watched the Taylor Swift documentary. And while she didn't really have a, um, a tumultuous adulthood, she definitely has been under the spotlight. She's had her fair share of hard times for sure. There's a scene in that documentary where she's sitting in the car talking about how lonely it is. And we can see it in that scene where there are people just fawning over her in the car. And here she is just getting a piece, a moment of peace and quiet in the car and thinking like you're surrounded by all these people who adore you, who fawn over you, who you know, just talk how about how great you are. And yet you're so lonely because you are never really with people, you know, you're with them, but you're not with them and you're, you're not really building connection and just how I think like as kids, we dream that that's like the life, you know, like, Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be awesome to be an actor and to be on TV and to be meeting all these cool people and wearing all these cool outfits and, having all this money and whatever and then to think like it's just really there's a whole other side to it that we never knew I was gonna say when you're an actor actress or any form of publicity comes to you I feel like you're just dragged around like especially if you're going out somewhere like you said or like you're just trying to relax for once and I don't know, get, like, food maybe or something. But there's always people, like, following you or wanting a picture with you and everything. And they just, like, flaunt themselves. And it's like, I just want to relax. But there's always people everywhere just, like, wanting your attention. Yeah, you can't ever really relax. And then Mm -hmm. also you have such a busy schedule and you're so exhausted, like traveling all the time and performing all the time. And you have to bring your A game that I imagine when you do get a moment to yourself, you don't necessarily have the energy to put into Mm -hmm. friendships and family and things like that. Mm -hmm. Just one thing to the next. Yeah. Yeah. So there's... You know, I think, um, I hope Brittany gets out of her conservatorship. There have been, there's been talk about this for a long, long time about how she shouldn't have been in it, how it's controlling, it's manipulative. But the fact that she's finally coming out to say it says a lot. And there are so many details about the conservatorship that she spoke about. Like, um, she alleges that her father forced her to take lithium when she said she didn't want to do a tour, which is a, um, a drug they give for people who have mood instability. Um, and then she said, you know, that her dad had control over who she hung out with. She couldn't hang out with anyone until they were thoroughly screened, apparently. And I guess Iggy Azalea had spoke about this when she hung out with Britney Spears, that before they were able to hang out, Britney's team, like, did a full um, investigation of Izzy's house and just how strange that was. And that is strange. Like, that that's not a normal thing that someone would do like this obviously is an abusive situation so you know it's just sad um apparently she hasn't been able to see her kids for so long and you know it just and maybe she's able to see them maybe she just doesn't have custody of them I I forget 
the details of that but it's just really sad and when you watch if you watch the documentary which I highly recommend you see her as a young kid her very first tv appearance was on some sort of like singing show for kids kind of like American Idol for kids um, in the 90s and she was so talented like so talented and she had such this presence such a presence on the stage she just was made for it and it's just sad to think that people took advantage of that talent the way they did yeah I think um everyone kind of sees that once they get out of it or maybe when they're older they start to acknowledge that like they were taken advantage of which is really sad because when you first think of like I don't know acting in general singing any of that sort of thing that it's like fun to do at first you know but then like you realize as you go along that it's a lot of work, like we've mentioned, and that each person that you encounter with, at least more like older people, like maybe like there's a director or whatever, and that they just like want you for the money, you know? So like they'll do anything for you to stay in or I guess like Brittany's dad, how she literally doesn't have control and he took it over and I don't know it's just kind of mind-blowing yeah I mean they see these children as products not as children yeah they're like objects yes and going back to Michael Jackson after watching that documentary which I you know I like heard his music and stuff but I was too young to really like be a fan or anything like that or like follow Mm -hmm. him on you know whatever Um, however, watching that and thinking about how he was, I think, five years old when he, when the Jackson five, you know, were first touring, became famous and stuff. And he, people in the documentary who knew him talked about how he acted like a child and they said, oh, he, he always wanted to hang out with the kids because he, he was a child himself. Mentally, he acted like a child. And you got to think how sad and true that probably was because he lost his childhood. He was stuck as a five or six or seven or whatever. He was stuck mentally as a child. And that's what happens so often when people. So you as a psych major and I worked in a addiction clinic for a short time and addicts, the age that they are when they become addicted is the age that they stay mentally until they can, you know, get some help and, and uh, recover and, and kind of work through, through those things. But um, it really gives you a perspective. For instance, if you have a family member, like a parent, or a sibling, who is an addict, and they're acting in a certain way, you just have to think, okay, mentally, they're a 15 year old, they're still in that that place. And I think that's true for a lot of us, for all of us who deal with something really hard. Um, some sort of adverse experience, um, you know, extreme one, extreme trauma. I think we could get stunted in that age. And um, so to just think about when, I guess, I guess what I, what I'm trying to get at with this is rather than blaming the person 
and thinking like oh my gosh how could they be this way like why are like what happened to them why are they so messed up like wow they're crazy wow they're insane like all the things that people have said and turning around to say like what's going on with them like clearly there's something deeper and how can we move towards a positive change and even just like us personally we can't really do much but we can like just think about the way that we talk about these people and the way that we give people so much um the uh consideration I don't know we like fawning over these people it's like why why are we doing that like they're they're humans and I don't know just just it really I don't know I think just just uh opens up the door because I don't think we think of them as humans no we think of them on like a pedestal in that they're almost better than us because they're in the spotlight yeah exactly and and yeah they have this amazing talent for sure but I think as far as like human basic human needs we're all the same and to think about it in that way and how these things can really affect affect people and just having some more empathy versus talking about people the way that we have and Brittany I mean, that documentary opens a whole uh, bag of worms when it comes to the media and how media affected or um, approached women. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really, it it just spells out a lot of the inequalities that women were facing at the time. Like there was this interview in the documentary where the news anchor was a woman and she was asking Brittany about her breakup with Justin Timberlake and she said something along the lines of what did you do to to make him break up with you or something like that like pinning it on her Mm -hmm. and you could see in her face she was so taken aback she was thinking like how how in the world are you addressing this like why am I the issue like why why are you even saying this first of all it's, it's such a rude question but she she answered with such grace and and you have to think at the time if she wouldn't have she would you know gosh you'd never hear the end of it um Mm -hmm. and so I think like it just shows to the the strides that we've made with the feminist movement um over the past I don't know how long that interview was probably in the early 2000s so you know 20 years um and then there was something else I was going to say but I don't oh okay so we had talked about this before actually about paparazzi Mm -hmm. in a different episode and how paparazzi would follow like 20 or more of them would follow like follow in the car they would get so close to them they would be like anywhere these celebrities went there would be paparazzi ready when they came out restaurant the library uh a bar, a restaurant, uh, I already said restaurant, <laughs> um, their homes, I mean, gas stations, there's, there's a scene at a gas station with Brittany, and it just, and now I don't think it's, I don't know, but I think with social media, it's not quite as common, because actors are allowed now to tell their story from their perspective for the first times, before the paparazzi had all the control over how these celebrities would be portrayed. But now celebrities can say, I'm going to take my own picture and I'm going to put the caption what I want and I'm going to 
you know, announce my baby when I'm ready versus the paparazzi following me and getting the picture before I ever wanted it to be released. And it just gives them a lot of, um, a lot more autonomy than they had before. And hopefully the paparazzi is not nearly as bad as it was because it's really scary, honestly, to watch, um, they're they're just so aggressive so anyway um that was a little bit of a tangent but just it all it all relates i was gonna say um i saw on snapchat they have like usually stories about celebrities or whatever um has been like talked about in the media and one of them was kylie jenner and how she didn't mention that she was pregnant at all when um it was the whole nine months and then when she was ready, she decided to tell everyone. So I feel like that is a good step in the right direction because normally it is just kind of, I don't know, pushed out into the public without them really accepting it yet or wanting that to happen. But um, I think that's good for her, even though she is older, so she understands it more. But I think it's good for younger influencers celebrities any of them to see that you know because then they realize they do have more freedom that they can show and have yeah the freedom to tell their story when they want to tell it versus having someone else tell it and don't we all want that we all want to be able to tell our stories or our news or our whatever in our own time Like, also, it can get, like, changed, and the rumors can happen, too, with, like, people thinking with all the, um, if people have, like, issues or something happening, it usually is not true to begin with, you know? And then once they get these documentaries out, you can hear the true story that was supposed to be told in the beginning. Yeah. And there will always be people that will, you know, take advantage of a story and skew it in their own way and take bits and pieces from interviews and, you know. Just to get, like, people riled up. At it too. Yeah. yeah, and the rumors and whatever, get the attention. But, um, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I do think social media has given people, celebrities, a platform to share what they want, when they want, in their own way that they didn't have as much access to do before. So hopefully this is moving in a better direction. I don't know about as far as kids, um, (laughs) since their parents are probably managing their accounts, especially for young kids. But okay, actually, before we finish, um, let's talk about influencer kids, because this is really interesting. There's a podcast that I've been listening to called Under the Influence by Joe Piazza, and she kind of goes into what it takes to be an influencer. And she, she was like, oh, I'm going to further research. I'm going to do what I can to become an influencer. <laughs> and initially, she was going to become a mom influencer, but her kids hated it. Her kids hated everything about posing and whatever. They didn't want to do it. And she's like, why would I put myself and my kids through this? Like, I'm not going to do this. So she said she's going to, and that was her first season. It ended. And she said, come back for season two. I'm going to still try it, but not be a mom infant influencer maybe i'll be like a cottage core influencer she said mm-hmm. so we'll see but um th- she talks about these kids influencers children which some of them are coming of age i guess like early mommy bloggers um their kids okay. are, are like maybe in 18 coming up to 
around your age. So, um, but she was saying that there's no real research, obviously, because it's not, it's so new, about what that does to the child to have people stream come up to them and know their name and know all this information about them because their parents have posted about it on Instagram and their influencers or post about it on their mommy blog. And I just can't imagine how odd that would be. I mean, literally, if I was a little kid and had that happen, I would think it's really weird and creepy, you know, because obviously when the mom or dad, whoever, post this stuff about their kid, it's like, you know, they're just wanting to show who's in their life or whatever. But when people come up and they're already knowing stuff, that's just weird. And, like, I think for little kids in general, like, if, I don't know, let's say you go somewhere and there's, like, strangers and they're, like, oh, your kid's so cute or, like, you look so cute. And, like, that's weird, too. But, like, even weirder, like, imagine, like, cameras and everything in your face, too. Like, for both of those things to happen at the same time and your little kid, like, is probably like what is happening and just like not sure how to react you know like I couldn't imagine yeah and it's the same way for reality stars who Mm -hmm. you know based around family so like all the TLC shows for instance where TLC tends to um focus on families So, like, Mm -hmm. all of those kids, they didn't have a choice in whether or not they wanted to be on a TV show. Their parents decided for them that they were going to be on there. And then they're, you know, they grow up and they're famous. Yeah, but maybe they never wanted that life. And then people know them and know about their family and stuff when, I mean, just how strange that is. And the kids never really had the choice. And um, there is a a person, um, one of the kids from Little People Big World who has talked out about about this um saying that children should not be on reality shows like like um producers and stuff should not allow it because the child is not able to say whether or not they want to be on there whether whether they not whether or not they want their story out there and um you know it's invasion of of the child's rights and and all that stuff and it it really it's so true i remember the first time i read it from him um and what's his name uh Oh, Jacob Roloff. That's it. Um, And I remember thinking like, oh, but like your family intended for it to be good for you. You know, like they didn't they didn't mean for it to be harmful. And, you know, they got money out of it, which, you know, maybe he got money out of it because of that. And and they got all of these experiences because of it. But then I'm thinking, too, like, is that worth it? Maybe not, depending like, mm-hmm. you know, being well known and, and maybe he never wanted that. And just, just thinking about like back to the children's rights thing and the children labor laws and all that stuff, like they're being asked to do these things on camera that, you know, just for a show and just having their whole life out there and maybe, you know, maybe that's not what they wanted. And would any of us choose that if we had the choice as kids? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. It depends on, like, 
in that actual situation, what would happen? Yeah, but just to think, like, for instance, one of the Duggars' um, sister-in-laws got divorced. And because she is a Duggar adjacent, her information is all over the news, the fact that she got divorced. Think about if you or I got divorced. We would not publicly announce it. We would not uh, want sir, like our whole in- the whole world to know. We wouldn't want people contacting us about what happened. Like we would want privacy. Right. So I think that just because of her brother married a Duggar, that she's now under a microscope as well with this very personal thing. It's just that's unfair for them. Yeah, it, it's you know, and it's all just for entertainment. And then you gotta think like, well, what a like. For what? Like, what are we? Mm-hmm. Entertainment versus autonomy and uh, privacy and choice. <laughs> right. So, anyway, I think that's all I got to say. Any final thoughts? Um, I'd say I just wish it was different. <laughs> that's all I'll say. And I think there are small steps and hopefully more as, that we will see in the upcoming years. Yeah. Hope for the best, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And this was a little bit of a longer episode. I mean, not too long, but longer than our previous ones we did. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So give us our Yeah, audio. we need to do another poll on the Instagram and say if they still like long episodes or if they want shorter ones. Because we've been doing a little bit of shorter ones again, but I don't know. I think longer ones can be good, but it depends, like, you know, what you're doing stuff. Because for me, I listen to them in the car. Yeah. All right, I think we'll end the episode there. Uh, thanks for listening. And as always, you should follow our Instagram at millennial.z.podcast where we post our most recent episodes and what we discussed on them. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, or any other platform that you listen to. And we'll see you in the next one.